Welcome back to the Middle School Athletic Director Podcast. Uh, again, we're glad that you have, have found us and are listening to the the only middle school AD podcast that uh, really focuses on helping the the middle school AD uh, and the athletics and the athletes as they make that transition into high school. Um, that goes right along with our guest today. Uh, today we are speaking with Mr. Trey Gross, who is the uh, middle school AD uh, for St. Andrews uh, School in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, today we, we speak on the uh, AD of a K through 12. Um, and then also really the main focus of the episode is discussing the transition um, from the middle school program to the high school program and how both programs working together uh, is beneficial for the entire community. Uh, but before we dive into that, we do want to announce again and let you know about our Meet the Podcasters uh, on Sunday night at NADC down in Orlando. Um, again, probably will kick off around 8 o'clock or shortly after, um, hosted by our, our uh, title sponsors, Wall of Fame. And you will actually be getting an invite uh, through email um, if you have registered for the NADC. And so we're going to try to get that stuff out letting you know all the details and things like that so we'd love to see you a sunday night if you don't get that email that's fine make sure you stop by the vital signs wall of fame uh booth uh down in the vendor hall and and ask to get information about that um event on sunday night again it's just kind of a drop in uh to see uh the different podcasters like i said myself with the middle school ad and um you know the, the ad podcast the paradox educational ad and and beyond the bench um will, will be all the, the different uh podcasts that are there so again we would love to see you again that's sunday night uh at nadc so uh until then we're going to dive into this episode and but here's a word from our sponsors bring your school's legacy to life with the wall of fame by vital signs our interactive display highlights your greatest moments and top performers both past and present across athletics academics and the arts but it's also so much more with our one-of-a-kind content program, we help you every step of the way so you can tell more compelling stories that will engage your whole community. BoxOut gives you the ability to create graphics at the speed of sports to highlight your athletic department, teams, and student-athletes in seconds. Used and trusted by Notre Dame, Ohio State, UConn, Marquette, Georgetown, and many more of the top college brands in the country. If you want your school's brand to stand out through all the clutter, Start your free demo at boxoutsports.com. This is Game Time. Neptune Game Time creates a high-energy game day atmosphere that your players and fans will love. Every song in our database is 100% lyric safe, which means you can stop screening music for good. Game Time also provides custom messaging to help you promote your upcoming events, concessions, and event-specific announcements. And it gives you the opportunity to sell sponsorships on your station that will generate revenue for your athletic department. Amp up your game day with Game Time. Welcome to another episode of the Middle School Athletic Director Podcast. Uh, I believe we got a great episode today. Um, I don't think we've really touched on this uh, too much, uh, you know, within the first season or even this season. Uh, we're going to talk about how um, or being an athletic director at a K through 12 school and how a successful middle school program can lead to a successful high school program. Um, so a lot of great stuff packed in. So we're going to 
uh, jump right in and and introduce our guests. Our our guest today is the middle school athletic director at St. Andrews uh, School in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, he is a two-year athletic um, administrator, and he is also currently the head varsity girls flag football coach um, there as well. So uh, we, today we are speaking with Mr. Trey Gross. So Trey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I that's that's one thing I wish South Carolina would would get started was the is the flag football. Um, yeah. I, I I know y'all y'all were sitting right next door to us and and y'all are y'all are booming. So if there's anybody listening, uh, that's you know states are looking to start it. Georgia's Georgia's got it. Hey, it's it's growing. This is a this is our second year doing it. Um, last year you know it was our our senior class kind of kicked it out for us, and um, you know this is year two now and. Uh, it's growing and the girls love it. So I, I appreciate it. And it's, it's a fun sport. So definitely if it's in your state, man, give it a try. Well, definitely, uh, you know, it's an Olympic sport now, right? In a, a, a couple of years. So that's um, huge. Yeah. yeah that's it, huge. It's, 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 it's very fun. And um, I said, I know with us in South Carolina, we've looked at it. Nobody, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, nobody's pulled the trigger yet. Like I said, Georgia's got it. Uh, you know, y'all do a very good job. I think North Carolina above us has started theirs. Florida has been doing it forever too. I mean, um, and now you see it in the college ranks too. It's uh, NAI schools. There's 32 NAI schools that offer scholarships to play college, college ball. So it's just another opportunity for the girls uh, to get out there and get, get some scholarship money and get, get to play a sport that they love. Oh yeah. I love it. I, you know, I know some of them girls can sling it and run it too. I mean, there's some great athletes. They sure can. Um, So uh, that that's yeah you know, that, that's that's the whole podcast in itself is talking flag football because I that's that's a passion um, that I wish we could get here but um but before we dive in uh kind of let uh, people know kind of maybe a uh, maybe a little bit more about you if you want to dive into that and also uh, maybe a, a fun hobby you know the most or the, the favorite hobby that you do outside of uh, athletic administration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like Freddie said, this is my second year um, as athletic administrator, uh, middle school AD here at St. Andrews School. Um, prior to that, uh, I worked for a youth football league, a pretty large one. We had 2,500 athletes. So I was their league operations manager for that. So league background with that, still in athletics, um, also spent a couple years working um, in professional indoor football as a general manager, player personnel. So kind of a diverse athletic background. This was kind of my first shift to being in a school setting. Um, so this is now year two. Um, and, you know, for most a- ADs coming in first year, you know, you're trial by fire, you're learning a lot, um, you know, old in, new or old out, new in kind of in your first year. But, um, you know, kind of when I when I come out here. So last year uh, was a busy, busy July for me. I had a, a, a baby girl, my first child born in July, and then we, we relocated to Savannah um, towards the end of July. So that was a busy month. So in my free time, I, I love spending time with her. She's, she's 16 months now, a little Maisie girl, uh, spending time with my, my wife, Megan, um, whether it's, you know, spending time with them going, going out and, uh, um, to the park or, or playtime or, um, just coming home and, and just, uh, getting to, getting to play with them. Um, you know, long day as AD, you just, you just got to come home. Sometimes you just want to see your family and, and decompress, um but you know if if i got free time and i'm not doing something with him i'm playing i'm playing video games i'm a madden 2k 
you know, any sports related video game, that's, that's what I'm doing. I used to say it was golf, but I haven't touched a club since I moved out here. So, um, it's mostly, it's mostly whatever, whatever couple hours or, or, uh, whatever I can find, I'll, I'll try to sit down and play some, some video games or, or, uh, or watch whatever sporting events on TV. Hey, I, I, I can relate with the golf game. My golf game was wonderful, uh, before I became an AD. After See, I became I an AD, it, 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 it went all to, to, to hell. So. I can't even say it was wonderful before I came in AD. It was it was still pretty bad with that. So I I, I wouldn't want to see what it looks like now. Yeah. Well, I again I don't know about what wonderful, but to me it was wonderful, right? I was approaching the low, the low 80s, um, you know, playing and you know, because I was playing all the time. I was playing every week and, and things like that. And again, then you become an AD. And uh, like I said, I don't know when the last time I've touched a, a golf club. Maybe I think it was maybe for one of the the school's uh golf fundraisers to support a team. So I was the only like I was like all right well I'm the AD I, I have to go support this and swing a club but it was it was not good so you, you had me beat my best round was was a 93 so I was stoked that I broke 100 so yeah well I think my best round ever was like a 76 and it was yeah. one of those times that you go out and you don't really care it was just me and a buddy hanging out playing in a talking shop and you know we really weren't caring and then you go at the end of the the round you go to add up all your points you're like holy crap, I just shot a 76, and, uh, you know, and then the ones that you do care about and try that, those are the ones that you just see that the score keep going higher and higher. So it only um, takes, like, you know, it only takes one shot to keep you hooked. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got to get back in it, but you know, it's like I said, be, being an AD takes a lot of time and uh, you know, this episode will go out in the middle of uh, November. So uh, I'm right there with you. We had our, uh, our second boy, um on october 3rd so um, i'm about you know when this goes out i'm about a month and a half in not october 3rd sorry that was the that was the due date we actually had him on uh september 27th so i got to get that right or my wife's gonna kill me um so can't mess that up september 27th is was so we're about a month and a half in when this goes out so um i I, i'm right there with you so um we're gonna take a short little break um and then we're gonna dive into the meat of this episode We'd like to thank our uh, title sponsor, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, uh, for their support and allowing us to, to continue to do this for season two. Uh, so please make sure that you check out Vital Signs Wall of Fame on social media, on websites. And then if you are going down to Orlando uh, for the NADC, make sure you stop by their booth uh, and and see them. Again, you, you heard about in the, the intro about the uh, Meet the Podcasters that we're doing down at NADC. So uh, make sure you stop by and see them and, and get more information. All right, Trey. So uh, first, again, we're going to kind of talk about two things. So let's let's first kind of dive into uh, being an AD at a K through 12 and kind of what that looks like and uh, maybe kind of how that uh, goes along with your role as the, the, you know, focus more on the middle school side of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with, with a K through 12, so we actually, youngest is pre-K three. So we got pre-K three on campus all the way up to 12th grade. So um, huge age age gap. And, and we're nice enough where we got three separate buildings, um, but they're all within a short walk away. Um, but as as me, my title, you know, I'm middle school athletic director, but I'm also um, the assistant athletic director for our high school. So um, myself, we have an AD at the high school level. Um, we have myself taking care of the middle school. We have a, a SID. Um, I don't, not a lot of high schools or, or um, people that have that, but we're blessed enough to have um, a guy that's willing and he, he does a lot of our social media and, and does a great job, Jeff Wheelock on that. Um, so that, that's kind of our team, a team of three and then an administrative assistant. 
uh, for the athletic department. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very much, you know, with us being a K through 12 is even though we're, we're all kind of have our own departments that we're in charge of, um, you know, it's very collaborative. Um, and like, you know, whether you, you're a, a AD department or athletic department of one or, or two, three, four, whatever it may be, um, you know, this industry is a very collaborative industry and you need, you need that support and, and get that feedback from um, other people as well as to make the sporting events happen. Um, so being able to where that's all on one campus, um, and they're all within either the same office right next door, um, or just the next building down, um, that we can collaborate quite a bit. Um, and whether that's filling in at the high school level, middle school level, um, or even lower school sports, you know, we're all helping each other out. Yes. And that, I think that it's a uh, great thing to, uh, to kind of let people know is you focus on the middle school, but you also help with the high school. Uh, so you see the 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 importance of the middle school and how it transitions into the the high school um, you know realm. And you know I've always said if people have listened to this podcast, they've heard me say multiple times that uh, the middle school uh, athletics, the middle school sports, are the front door into interscholastic athletics. Right? We we welcome them in, um, and you know it's it's really up to the middle schools. Uh, coaches and ads and all that to hopefully keep them inside the house right we don't we don't want them to, to leave back out just because you know they just enter the foyer and they don't like what they see and they leave um you know before they really get in and and, and be able to uh, get invested in all that so it's a great you know you, you got to be able to have a great experience a great program um and i you know you, you did mention the department of one you know two episodes ago uh we did talk or three episodes ago we, we talked about that with uh, Daniela Point and um, yes, you are definitely blessed to, to have a, you know SID and a, a, a administrative assistance and things like that. I said I know it's it's combined with middle school, high school, but uh, you're definitely blessed to have that. I am I'm you know lucky enough this year to be an assistant AD or or with, with the role of SID at the middle school that I am. So it's it's kind of been nice to take a step back from the from the uh, lead athletic director and 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 kind of focusing on more on the media like i enjoy uh so i definitely get that um so kind of what what helps or what is the benefits of the strong middle school program into the high school ranks yeah so kind of like you said with it you know with middle school being like the doorstep you know we not like a, a public school system with us being independent k through 12 um we have you know total enrollments 500. So we're still a small school. Um, and that's with everybody pre-K three to 12, uh, 12th grade. Um, so we have small classes, you got, you know, 30 to 40 kids in each grade. Um, and our middle school setup is, is fifth grade through eighth. I know some are six through eight, um, but we're fifth through eight. Um, and really what that is, is, you know, you kind of break it down in half. If you're looking at the middle school is, you know, fifth and six is kind of, for the most part, you're exposing those kids to the sport for the very first time. Um, this is the first time they're truly playing a school or organized sport. Um, and so that that's heavily focused on fundamentals and, and development um, and really kind of getting them experience for the game. Now, when you shift to seventh and eighth grade, things get a little more competitive. Um, and we almost view it as an extension of of, you know, that JV team or that varsity team, um, because th those are the ones those are the students that in a year or two's time um, will be on the JV roster will be a high school athlete. Um, so that's when. You know, we want that cohesiveness from our seventh and eighth grade coaches um, to be able to to coach those kids um, within similar terminology, similar 
um, fundamentals as what our varsity coaches are doing. So it's it's preparing them to already hear and experience what they're going to get and kind of have ahead of the game uh, by the time they get to the high school level. Yeah, and and that and that's a. I mean, you look at the the uh, successful programs, whether it's a, a a full athletic department or if it's just a particular sport, you know, program. Uh, it the only reason they're successful is because they've started from the the grassroots, right? They've started from the the um, the rec departments up to the the middle school, up to the high school, and I think it, it it's very important, like. Um, a lot of people listening where I am, the middle school and the high school are two different buildings. Um, they're, they're, you know, run by different people. The middle school AD is the middle school AD and is, doesn't really help maybe with the high school and then vice versa. Um, I got a buddy who's, uh, you know, at a, a local high school down the road, that's the AD, but he's also, he has a middle school AD, but he's also kind of oversees that helps oversee as, as well. So um, there's a lot of different, relationships as you say between the, the the middle school and the high school so you know may, maybe what are some you know for those that aren't in the same building um kind of like y'all are uh that are you know solely you know in the middle school ad and then they transition and go to a totally different campus totally different department totally different ad uh you know may, maybe what, what are some pointers to those middle school ad's to kind of try to help uh bridge that gap into uh the high school right so i mean I can't speak too much on kind of like the public school setup of it, but obviously, you know, it's, it's state, it's, it's just lines. It's wherever school district you're in. So if, it, if you're a middle school AD and you're, you know, associated with, with a certain high school, I would, um, you know, I would say, look at kind of what they're doing at a high school level, what, what coaching wise, AD wise, don't be afraid to call that high school AD um, or those, or those coaches um, kind of what we do. Um, like I said, last year was my first year. Um, so it's a lot of figuring out what was already being done. Um, and kind of making it your own and, and figuring out what we can improve on. So it, it didn't really take me until um, spring to kind of get caught up. I moved down here the day before uh, new faculty orientation. So it was trial by fire for about those first two seasons. It was just getting by. Um, but, you know, once once I got my feet under me um, and then it came to spring, we play soccer in the spring. Um, you know, we had no middle school boys coach and and last year's coach uh, couldn't get a hold of him, couldn't find him. Um, for most of it, uh, prior to that, it was just whoever coached last year is just whether they're good or not. That's, that's who I can find that's available. Um, that's who will coach them. And, um, so I ended up walking down, um, you know, we have, everybody's on the same campus, our, our lower school, high school, middle school, uh, our football field, it's all, all in one spot. So I walked down our strength and conditioning coach is also the uh, varsity boys soccer coach and talked to him. I'm like, Hey, I said, Hey, Blake, do you, do you have any idea or anybody in the community that could, um, could be a boys middle school soccer coach for us. And he says, yeah, I got somebody in mind. Um, and he's a great coach. I played, I played uh, soccer with him. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's talk to him. Let's work it out. I said, that's great. Um, so I went there, talked to that coach. Um, Cause they, they were able to get along. Um, you know, I didn't have a fully understand of what I wanted to do with that yet, but he got hired um, and he, he uh, did a really great job with those boys um, but then you also saw my varsity coach whenever he didn't have a game on the sideline with that middle school coach. And that kind of sparked uh, something with me. And, and definitely when I was, I was moving into the summer um, just last year of, OK, what do I want to do across the board next year is that. And I was I was posting jobs for applications for all my middle school coaches. And the one thing, you know, if, if you're a middle school coach, or at least with us, with being independent is um, 
you know, when it comes to our volleyball teams, I have four volleyball teams. I have a fifth grade, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade volleyball team. So that's, you know, two more teams than the high school's got because they got JV varsity. Um, basketball now, this is my crazy period because I have seven basketball teams. Um, we will have uh, one for each grade. Um, we don't have eighth grade girls because with our numbers being small, they actually got pulled up and they'll be playing JV this year. Um, but what I did, so especially hiring football coaches uh, this year, I hired a new uh, middle school football coach. I uh, talked to my varsity coach, got him involved in the interview process, found a guy um, that we both agreed on. And, and what I like about that is I'll talk more about what I want to hear as, okay, who are you as a person? Who are you? What's your leadership uh, capabilities? How do you handle parent conflicts? Um, you know, uh, and all that stuff as far as administrative. And then I have my coach talk about X's and O's executions and see if, if, see if their, um, you know, coaching philosophies line up. Um, so it's really a good one too, because I'm not knowledgeable in all, all sports. I could do that with football, basketball, and baseball, but when it comes to soccer, tennis, you know, uh, cross country, I can't always speak to, to, you know, the X's and O's of that game. So I, I found that that was very helpful in that interview process and including my varsity coach, um, in that hiring process to have him talk to X's and O's. And then we hired, I hired five new, five or six new basketball coaches gearing into this year. So it was a lot of including, uh, including my um, boys basketball varsity coach and my girls. Um, and I'm really happy with my basketball class. I've got um, some some coaches in the middle school level that have, you know, 10 plus years of coaching experience um, that are empty nesters looking to get back into coaching. Um, so we're really happy with that. And by doing that, I found good quality candidates because I had my coaches in there talking X's and O's. Um, and make sure that our uh, across the board from the high school level to the middle school level, that that communication and the expectation is is preached the same. Yeah, I, I like the like you said, that the varsity coach standing on the sideline of the middle school games, um, because I, I've seen it the other way around where the middle school coach is standing on the sideline of the varsity games, um, which I think, you know, kind of works hand in hand. But, you know, to those to those future high school athletes and parents. I think that speaks a lot when that varsity coach takes time out of their day to out of their evening to come not just watch the game, but to come stand on there, you know, start that relationship, start building the relationship with with those students, with those parents. Um, so when they be when they do come to the high school, then it's you know, that, that relationship's already there. They know the coach, they know the program, they know what's expected. Um, so I I do like that. And I was gonna say, you know. Uh, I, I would challenge the middle school coaches to, as well to go see if you can sit on the sideline or stand on the sideline of the varsity games. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So to speak with that, actually, um, and what I found that that comes from that is, um, and having those varsity coaches involved is it kind of it kind of makes that level of um, commitment and also that level of um, like buy-in to the point where okay. I was a part of hiring this guy. I want to make sure that they're successful. And also if they're a new coach, you know, we want to make sure we can build them up, you know, cause it, you know, as ADs, we know it's our, our job is to also coach the coaches and, you know, mm -hmm. especially at the middle school level, we're not always going to go out there and, and find somebody with 10 years experience. This is somebody that's probably just had a passion for the game and wants to try coaching, you know, and you're going to have, you're going to find your good and your bad with that. But if you're not able to have a foundation in place to, to coach your coaches, you're never going to be able to bring in new coaches because you never know. If I find a good middle school coach and does well for two or three years, uh, my goal is I hope that 
with my varsity program and my varsity coaches involved that they poach them. I want them to poach them as a JV assistant, as their assistant coach, or maybe even down the line, if they choose to go, if we lose a varsity coach, I can go to my high school AD and say, Hey, I got a kid, I got a middle school coach in my program, you know, does a great job been with us for a handful of years. Let's, let's include him in the pool. So I kind of almost, you almost look at it as a, as a farm system or, or building from the top down is it's basically that, that developmental league for high school. It's almost junior, junior varsity. Um, and so I, our basketball coaches, both our boys uh, basketball coach, Mel Abrams and our girls basketball coach, uh, Jimmy Stetler invited my middle school coaches to come out to their practices. Cause we've started high school practice already. So they've already came out to a handful of those practices. Um, they ran a couple clinics in the fall uh, for basketball. So it's getting them involved. It's getting them to see the drills that they run in practice and and how they teach and how they uh, communicate that. So it's, it's a way of that's, I mean, that's how you get on the, on the job training basically that we can do is because they're coming to that practice. They're seeing how that coach talks. So now when it's their turn to lead those middle school kids, they can now coach in that same that same verbiage. Um, and that, I think that that excels a lot because I want to have those kids be prepared um, to hop into those, those teams at the high school level um, and know what they're talking about because they've already heard it for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's part. I like to say when I first got started, just like probably every other coach, I was a, a JV coach uh, coaching soccer in the district we were in um, you know, the JV team was mainly seventh, eighth and ninth graders. So it was pretty much a, a middle school, you know, team. Um, but, it, and it was the same way learning from that high school, you know, varsity coach standing on the sideline of his games. Um, you know, he was actually very good. Like, you know, my first practice, I go out you know, I, I started coaching as a sophomore in college. So I was, I was young. So my, my practice, I go out and I've got a hundred cones just all over the, all over the place. And, you know, he, he walks out and he gets done setting up his, his, you know, half of the field and he comes over and he goes, all right, so tell me what's going on today at practice. Um, and so, you know, he, he made me start thinking about it and, and going, then he's like, all right, well, you know, maybe think about this, maybe don't use so many cones or color code them. Um, but also, you know, go out and get your coaching certificate, go out and do different things like this. So, you know, those varsity coaches can also help with, you know, professional development as well. If you want to say for those those middle school coaches and um, yeah, you learn a lot. And if if you can build that relationship uh, where it's so you know once once the middle school practice is over, if varsity you know has got a game that night, especially if it's home, you know you know maybe allowing the the middle school coach to just sit on the the, the bench or the, the sideline, and they may not say much, they might not do much coaching, but just to be there and to hear the interaction. Uh, between the coach and the players and timeouts and the interaction between the coach and the officials and, and you know, anything like that um, helps because we all know there's not a lot of PD out there for coaches and ADs and things like that, um, especially locally. And sometimes just standing on the sideline, watching somebody else coach could be a, a good professional development in itself for the, for those young coaches. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that finding that mentor. I mean, no matter what career you have, whether you're an AD or not, or a coach is you always want to find that mentor and find, find ways to gain knowledge. So I always say, especially when I'm looking for a candidate that I was looking to hire, I, you know, you can teach X's and O's to people like that's something you can teach. But if I find a candidate that maybe just has a passion for the game or is eager to be a coach or has that desire to be a coach. Um, but maybe like you said, doesn't always 
Maybe he's just looking for a part-time gig, loves the game of basketball or football, um, really wants to try being a coach. You know, I'll, t- I'll take a risk. You know, sometimes it burns you, but most of the time you might find a diamond in the rough is, you know, especially at the middle school level. Um, you know, I want to find somebody that, you know, is able to be coached and, and able to listen to those varsity coaches and myself um, and, and help have them guide to becoming a successful coach. And I feel like if I have a middle school program where, um, you know, it's it's able to where people can, you know, fail a couple times or maybe need some guidance and, and learn because you're not going to be, you know, a Nick Saban level coach right off the gate. You know, you especially at the middle school level, it, it should be a safe place to where you kind of learn how to be a coach. You got to get your coach's voice. You got to learn how to handle different types of kids. Um, so I think being able to have that support system from um, an athletic administration standpoint like uh, we have, as well as uh, a, uh, that buy-in with our varsity coaches, and they want to see success at the middle school level because, it's a, again, it's an extension of, um, uh, of their program. I almost treat each uh, one of our varsity coaches as kind of your director of, of basketball, your director of football like they have at the college levels because it truly is their program. So to have their input and feedback, you just see a lot more buy-in and a lot more um, people willing to accept that. And if, you know, the, there's a parent or if there's ever issue where say, hey, they don't they don't like what you're doing, but then you're not just, all right, I don't like that coach because he doesn't know what he's doing. But no, you're, you're insulting us as a school and, and that whole program because he was doing what we were, we were trying to train him to do. Uh, so it, it gives you a little more, um, it gives you a little more, more um, you know, ex- knowledge or experience or, or that backing of support um, because that, if you're coming at that one coach, you're coming at the whole program. Yeah. And I will say for the, for those uh, that are listening, you know, you know, being middle school ADs, you probably coached a middle school sport or, and things like that. I will say if to me, if you can coach middle school, you can coach high school. High school is oh. easy because middle school, you're dealing with the hormones and, and things like that. The X and the O's come, right? You know, you learn, you can learn all that. That's it's the same. But if if you can deal with, four, you know, or 12 to 14-year-olds going through all these emotional changes and hormones and, and body changes and things like that, if you can deal with that and get out on the other side, you know, if you do get it to the varsity level or the high school level, it, it, it's a breeze once you get up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know what you're going to get. You know, and you can get, I mean, even at that high school level with we have with we have small classes, you know, your your best athlete on the team to your your not so great athlete on the team, that could be so far mm-hmm. apart that it's kind of how do you manage how do you manage to put those players in a position to be successful for your team? Because you're not always gonna have great athletes. You know, it would be an ideal world if you did, but it also helps you coach to a way where you're not always like a high school level where you're not going to have, you know, good athletes uh, all the bay. You got to be a little more strategic of who plays where and, and what they should do. Um, and so I think if you're, you're able to identify that and, and also have a support system with that um, to know where to play people to find their, their strengths and weaknesses um, that's big, but like, yeah, like you said, man, middle school coaching a middle school sport is, is, is definitely always uh, something exciting and it's always interesting. There's never a dull moment. Yeah, and it's fun when you do get those, and it all depends on the, like you said, the the community and and where you're coaching and where the school's located and things like that. But there's sometimes that you get a, a middle school team that are like, hey, you know, I, I would put this middle school team up against some, you know, weaker high school teams, right? And obviously not the elite ones, but you know, I, I've I've coached there was you know I've coached for 18 years and I've been middle school, high school, and all that, and there was three teams that in the middle school that I'm like, 
yeah, let, let's go play a high school. It, one was a volleyball team. One was a boys soccer team. And, and one was last year with my girls basketball. Um, and because you're very rare, you know, I was lucky last year. I look, you know, I was able to look down to the bench and say, okay, I, I can make subs and, and not lose anything. Like you said. Um, and th- th- a lot of times that's not the case. Uh, you know, one soccer, one soccer team I, I, I coached, we had two or three quote unquote soccer players and the, the whole, the whole team and the rest were just, you know, boys that just wanted to try it out. And, you know, we were getting murdered all over the place. Cause again, you would go play a team that's made of soccer players. Um, and so it, it it's, it's, it's definitely a humbling experience sometimes. Um, but it, it's definitely fun. I do want to kind of, you know, transition since we're kind of talking about the relationship um, some middle school ADs, I've done it. I've, I've been a middle school AD and been a varsity coach um, as well. Uh, so, you know, maybe kind of talk about that relationship and maybe some pointers that are, if you are a middle school AD, but are still uh, have the opportunity uh, to coach at the high school, um, kind of kind of how do you make that work where the middle school doesn't suffer, but you do get to coach at, at, at the high school as well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, to, to speak on that. Yeah. So right now I'm about half, we're halfway done with our flag football season. Um, we have, a, it's a short season and it's kind of wedged right between when volleyball ends and basketball starts. Um, so from the first day we're allowed to practice to the state championship game, uh, is 47 days. So that's a very quick turnaround to one teach girls how to play flag football and then be able to have a product out there and, and compete. Um, so, you know, we start October 1st for practice. And so I, I say that from October 1st to uh, middle of fe- uh, November, when the state championship is, if we're lucky enough to make it there, uh, I'm, I'm working eight, eight, eight to eight minimum every day. Mm-hmm. So it, it does take time commitment. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to um, have a good uh, uh, supportive wife and, and everything to understand that, um, you know, I'm going to be gone a lot. And it's really, I don't have time to breathe until the weekend. Um, but it is because it, it's a full plate. It's because uh, I practice, we have full days work a, a school work as my middle school AD stuff, uh, as well as I teach a PE class for middle school here too. Um, and then as soon as school gets out, I gotta wait till um, those girls because those a lot of my girls and with having a smaller school, um, they play they play basketball and basketball is practicing right now too. So I gotta wait till they're done and then we practice at six to seven thirty. So it's a it's a eight to eight day every day. Um, and so it, you have to be able to understand that it's a time commitment. It's definitely have to sacrifice during that, during that time frame. I couldn't do that for, it, it would be hard to do, do this, um, be a middle school athletic director with all the responsibilities that are associated with that. And then, uh, coach a, a long sport such as football or basketball, because it is, you're going to have to sacrifice that time. And it's, you know, I try to stay organized. I have a notepad everywhere or email notes to keep track of what I got to do. And, and sometimes you just, got to be able to know the what what's due right away. You know, I, I try to focus solely on um, my, my main job being the middle school AD uh, during the day. And then as soon as school gets out, I'll kind of shift to that coaching mindset, get a practice plan together um, and then practice. And then that way I, I don't, that way one doesn't get ne- neglected. You still have to make sure that, you know, your, your main job being middle school AD or being the AD is, is, is the gets done first. That's the most important thing. Um, and then you can kind of shift and coach and, um, but it is, you gotta, you gotta juggle a lot and it's definitely hectic. Yeah, I will say, and 
a big part of that for for me when I was when I was doing it again. The middle school I was the AD at uh, was about thirty minutes away from the high school I was the varsity soccer coach at. Um, again, it, it it wasn't the middle school that fed it. It was a to, you know it, it was a totally different high school, totally different middle school, totally different community. Um, but again, I, I had that job first, but then I went to the I went to I changed uh, teaching jobs, went to the middle school, and became the AD and all that, and. My, you know, spoke with my principal. I'm like, look, that this is what happens. If I need to step down from varsity, I will. And and she was like, no, you know, I want you to still do your passion, which is coach. Um, yeah, yeah, we want you to be AD. We just want you to focus here on that. But if your passion is to coach varsity soccer, uh, we want you to still do that. So I would say, even if you're not just a varsity coach, even if you're a middle school AD and a middle school coach, but if you're still an AD and a coach. Uh, having a very supportive uh, principal is is key um, or an admin or whatever you call them in, in your buildings. Uh, because if, if you've got a, if you've got an admin that that's really not too supportive or understanding on, on why you can't make a home game uh, for the middle school, because you're at a varsity game or, or, you know, or you can't make a Falcony meeting because you're at a middle school game. Um, and be, you know, that that's very important. Um, Cause again, I've, I've had the, the, the principals that have been very supportive and I've had the other, you know, side of principals that are like, yeah, you got to pick one or the other or, um, and it's, you know, that they're not really understanding. Absolutely. And we're, I mean, we're lucky enough here. Like I said, we have that department of, of three or four of us. And, you know, I, I will fill in and step in for my high school AD. If he's got, uh, you know, something going on with his family life, can't make a high school event. And I'll be, I'll be that admin on duty for a varsity game. Uh, same thing. If I'm, if I'm on the road with flag football, uh, this just happened, you know, the other week to where, Hey, um, I need somebody to cover volleyball games. We're wrapping up the volleyball season. I got, I got a game that day and and him and my SID, uh, stepped in and, and, and they were the admin on duty that day. So we're able to work, work together well and, and fill in, you know, it's cause everybody's juggling something. My, my high school AD, uh, Jeff Gonzalez is also our director of facilities and grounds. Um, so we all wear a lot of hats here and, you know, being in the AD, um, career field, you, you kind of have to wear a lot of hats. So you have to be able to do a couple different jobs, um, at the same time and, and be able to manage that. Um, so our, uh, our SID is a full-time PE teacher for middle school. So everybody here, um, you know, has two, two, two to three hats and coaches a sport. Um, so it's, and, you know, and that's not for everybody. Some people it's, it's just, you got to do one thing. And I think that's just knowing what your capabilities are, if you can manage that schedule, um, because it, it could very easily get chaotic and, um, get away from you. Yeah. And, and like we talked about back in the, the episode where we talked about the department of one, if you don't have the luxury of having an assistant AD or, or something like that, that can help you out. Um, you know, get another head coach, right? If, if, if it's volleyball season and you've got a, a head soccer coach that's in the spring, so they're not really doing anything, you know, maybe see if they can be the game manager for that volleyball game. So, you know, so you're out coaching flag football or, or whatever the sport may be. Um, and, you know, if I had to do that, then again, maybe they're not the admin because we always had a, an admin, a principal, assistant principal, or something like that there, or an SRO. We had somebody there that would, if something were to happen, would 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 take over, um, especially if I wasn't there as the the head AD. Um, but you know, I would also get you know some of my coaches that were again, you've you've got to have a select right. You, you can't just you know some of the coaches you wouldn't trust, and some of them you you would trust with with your department. Um, 
And so, you know, I would allow them or ask them if they wanted to be a game manager for that night. And then I would I would give uh, put money into their account. Uh, so, you know, them kind of use it as a fundraiser thing. So, you know, instead of, quote unquote, paying them uh, directly, uh, if I said, hey, you know, I need you to run tonight's game. You know, if, if you run tonight's game for an hour, hour and a half, I'll put two hundred dollars in your your you know soccer account or or baseball account or whatever. And coaches eat that up because now well, they don't have now they don't have to go sell anything, right? They just have to show up and 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 be a, a game manager. And they also, I mean, it's and it's not like you're approaching somebody with, hey, you you need to do this or hey, there's nothing in it for you, but you got to cover me that with that, and you're often that that kind of win win. Um, you know, it's great, and like you said too, is especially, you know, if you're a department of one, it, you know, you, you're lucky enough. We have a couple here that they're, they're self, you know, almost self-governing and, and uh, self-running teams to where they require very little oversight because they're experienced. They know what to do. They have it all, all figured out. Obviously we're still there for support. Um, but obviously there's, there's certain coaches in certain sports that requ- require more attention from an AD than, than others. So yeah, lean on those and, you know, and that comes to making sure we, you know, find good coaches to hire. It's, um, you know, they're still part of your athletic program and, you know, they should be able to step in and help out too. And, um, it's great if you have a couple of those, uh, at your disposal. Yeah. I, I it's, it, it definitely makes your life a lot easier if you can figure out a way to, to get help. Um, even like I said, even if you are a department of one, there's still ways to to help people. Um, and again, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back a couple episodes to uh, when we talked about that with Daniel LaPointe and we we discussed all of that on, on how to make that work. So um, all of that's great. Any, any last uh, maybe things of strategies to to uh, wrap up this topic? You know, I, I think we covered a lot. And, and like I said, you know, we're we're lucky enough. We don't have uh, you know, we have you know, we're we're a little more blessed than, than, than other people out there with, you know, having a, a big department and also having um, coaches that can, that will cross the border, um, you know, helping each other. So I think, you know, when it comes to just looking for that, even if you're just, just a middle school and you're not a K through 12, um, you know, it all starts with, you know, like you said, you know, finding good coaches, don't be afraid to take a chance on, on somebody that has passion for that sport, but maybe doesn't have that coaching experience. Um, and that right off the gate, that might require you to be able to, or have to build them up a little bit more, um, and, and push them to make sure they're taking the right certifications, make sure they're, they're getting that on the job training, going to coaches clinics. Um, because at the end of the day, if we, if we find more and, and create more quality coaches, um, you know, it, it helps everybody. Um, because the last thing you know we we ever want is to scramble and, and not have a good coach. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get it wrong sometime. There's been a couple coaches I've I've hired that you know looked great on paper, interviewed well, and they just didn't work out. And that happens. And sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. Um, but if you find a couple that that you like and and then work out and and are program guys, keep, do whatever you can to keep them because. Um, sooner or later, once you sort through it all, you, that's, you're going to build up to that. And that's what I'm trying to build up to is where, um, every one of my middle school coaches is, is bought in, is working with the varsity coaches. Um, so as I, as I look to hire, you know, obviously I don't have to hire as many positions coming next year. Um, and hopefully, hopefully a lot of my coaches choose to stay. Um, you know, I, I can build that. And that's what I'm trying to build here with, um, St. Andrews is have uh, middle school coaches that, uh, buy in and and want to stay around and and help these kids um to continue to grow yeah and if you can um it like i always try to put money aside for um definitely you know all my head coaches uh pay for them to get 
the NFHS certifications. Um, you know, and like I said, it used to be AIC and CIC. I know, I, I believe you're a CIC or so certified interscholastic coach. Um, now it's changed to level one, two, three. Uh, but always, always, you know, didn't think, and they had to do work. All right. I would pay for the course, but they'd have to watch it and take the test and, and all that kind of stuff. So not, you know, saying, Hey, I need you to be AIC, go pay for this. Um, you know, I, I was like, okay, you hire a new coach here. Here's the, here's a grant. Here's the funding. I'm going to pay for the, the, the course, uh, please complete it. And, you know, before your season starts or whatever your, your guidelines may be. Um, that way, all of my you know coaches uh, had a certification, had a process, under you know got introduced to there is a coaching education out there, um, and you know I think NFHS now has got a middle school coach certification. So you know even if you just go that route uh, to get all your your middle school coaches certified, it also helps with some you know sometimes parent issues, right? You know, sometimes how many times have we have we gotten, you know, what what gives you the right or, or what, what makes you good enough to, to coach this or to tell to tell me how to run this when when I played the game? And, you know, sometimes you can go back and say, well, I'm a national certified coach through, through the NFHS. Um, sometimes that'll shut them up. Other times it won't. But at least you have some type of, of backing, um, just like a teacher. Right. You've got a, a certification saying that you can teach. Uh, you know, I think coaches and ADs, there's there's definitely certifications out there, too, to to kind of give you a little bit more help in professional development. Absolutely. And and here for all my middle school coaches, they're required to, to take at least four. It's in their contract. They have to do the NFHS concussion one, the dealing with parents and conflicts, um, first aid one. And then the only one that I believe is paid that they have to do, it's 25 bucks on there, is the middle school, being a middle school coach. Um, and we reimburse him for that um, because it's beneficial. Um, I just had my seventh grade boys coach I hired the other day um, come to me and says, hey, here's all my certificates. I got it done. Hey, I see that they still have like level trainings and there's certifications I can get. I think I'm going to go do that on my own dime. So it it, it exposes them to good, good information because um, obviously, you know, we can't we regurgitate everything. We can't train them all right away. So that allows them to to get that knowledge and, and have that foundation uh, leveled of expectations. And it's great. And, you know, I've took all, almost all of those certifications because I want to be able to, you know, if I'm telling my coaches to go take it, the benefits of taking it. Um, so it's great. I would look at, look at some of those courses because it is, it is a great resource. Um, and it's, it's something that doesn't really require much time from you other than just making sure that they take it and they're learning a lot from it. Um, and helping them become better coaches. Yeah, and that's even I got even on the national uh, or on the athletic director side, you know, taking those courses and get those certifications through the NIAAA, and and I I kind of accredit that like we talked about all the way back to the varsity coach I worked for as the JV coach. Because um, again, I didn't ever think about okay, I need to get a coaching certification, um, you know, but he really pushed. Hey, you need to go get your you know, in soccer, it's, it's letters, you know, your E license and then go to your D license and then your C license and, and get as high as you can. Um, one, again, you, you'll learn the game better. You'll learn how to coach better. But two, that also gives you some credibility. Right. Um, and sometimes that may be what gets you a job and what doesn't get you a job. Um, if if the if the candidates are, are very close to each other and if you've got the certification to back it, you know, that tells the employer that, hey, I've, I've put in more work than just, you know, showing up and, and, and coaching. Um, so, you know, I was the same way again, as an athletic director, as soon as I heard about the NIAAA certifications, 
Um, I, I went all the way through the to the CMAA, the highest one they have, uh, very quickly. Uh, and I've always said if if they add another one, then I'm going after that one. So, um, you know, was able to do the cohorts. That's kind of the next level after, you know, you, you uh, get some certifications, you go to the cohort. So was able to do that. And again, I, I'm, I'm big on uh, the professional development and being able to grow and, and continue to learn. Absolutely. It's and it's being it's being a student. It's always continuing learning. And, um, you know, you, I never claim to know everything, but I'm going to seek out individuals just even athletically or or what or not, whether it's outside of that is who's got more knowledge or how do they do things? You know, like you said, I have my CIC. So I got that last summer. That was one of the things I did during my summer months. Um, and, in December, when I come down to Orlando, I'm taking four of the, um, LTC courses to try to work towards getting my, um, CAA. So, um, you know, always, always continue to learn, seek information just last week. Um, and I don't know, uh, I can't speak to everybody, but Georgia Southern University um, down here, they had a two-day event and it was an AD symposium. Um, so they invited all of the Georgia athletic directors. So myself and Jeff Wheelock, our SID, went there and spent a Sunday and a Monday there. And it was, you know, uh, Jared uh, Benko, I believe, was is the head AD there at Georgia Southern um, and all the varsity coaches. He had the varsity basketball coach. He had their his deputy ADs. And it's, it's spending, you know, 16 hours in, you know, uh, symposium sessions and, and panels, you know, learning how they do that. And obviously, you know, at that college level, that's the macro level. That's the big picture. You know, they have, you know, so many people in their department. Um, like they said, he says on a normal home football game, we have 200 people working but you have to have that trust that everybody does what they're supposed to do so being able to see that and then taking that from a college level and being able to come back and implement that um is is big in your school um you know i'm uh this is my second year in uh the georgia ad association as well um so get it get um uh, involved with your state association even as a middle school ad um it's beneficial um going and, and hearing that stuff and um you know what i picked up from from that conference is you know being an ad we like to we like to steal stuff from people you know that was what they would always say so when we're in those things it's you know bouncing stuff off from what i implemented from that meeting last year is at the end of each season i do uh i send out uh uh, self-evaluations to my coaches. And then I also do a evaluation of them. And then we have a one-on-one -on -one meeting to end the season. That was something I picked up at the Georgia conference last March that I implemented in the spring. And now I've done going into the fall. So I'm scheduling those meetings right now with my fall sports because they just wrapped up um, and I'm getting those self evals. Like, so you learn a lot, especially as a new AD um, last year was my first year. So I was learning it all for the first time, it was a career shift coming from a league background. So um, just just learn how to do things and surround yourself with with knowledgeable individuals. Yeah, again, I, I was the same way. I, I actually went the other direction. Did I was I started going to the national before I started going to the state because uh, at the time I was a middle school AD, the, the state didn't have a lot of to offer for the middle school uh, programs. It's kind of it's shifting now. I know there's been a lot of focus on the, the middle school ADs uh, throughout the nation um you know the past couple of years so uh just like daryl nance said in our, our first episode of season two is you're not just a middle school eight you know athletic director you are a middle school athletic director um so you know all these certifications all these uh conferences all these different things are are for you as well um so make sure that you hit them up so that kind of will lead us into our, our last half i do want to you know take a quick break to uh Thank Vital Signs for again being our title sponsor and allowing us to have conversations like this and and hopefully uh, make you better 
as an athletic director and, and, you know, with this episode being the relationship between the middle school and, and high school. Um, so Trey, again, we, we started talking about PD stuff, but kind of what are you doing uh, to, to get better uh, in your profession right now? Again, you spoke on, you know, taking the CIC, you spoke on going to national, taking uh, four LTIs, bless you. I've done it before. That That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I would do it again if need be, but in my first couple of years too, I, anytime an LTI was offered, I was in there. Um, and it's, it, it's great. It's great stuff. But like I said, it, you, you, you take in so much stuff within a short period of time. Um, but you know, what, what are some other things that you are doing to, to get better that uh, maybe some, some other ADs can, can take? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of what I touched on already, um, you know, is, is see what's around you. See what, um, like I said, what college is doing an AD symposium. Surround yourself um, all the way up at a college level. Um, last year we had um, um, uh, college, uh, uh, the Savannah State volleyball player or volleyball coach come and, and do a, a presentation to our athletes. So it's um, maybe seeking and maybe reaching out. It's that network event to to a college or a high school or whoever you can surround yourself with that maybe has more experience or maybe can come in and, and um, give a glimpse of something that that you don't have a lot of background in and surround yourself with with other people. It's, um, you know, going to those conferences, it's, um, seeking, seeking a mentor, seeking an individual. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to be an AD just by yourself and, and, uh, and not bounce things off people. I'm not going to claim to be the smartest guy in the room or know it all. So I want to, before I make a decision and some of the decisions we have to make are, are tough. So I want to make sure, you know, I'm talking to my principal, I'm talking to, um, my head of school, I'm talking to the coach of that sport, um, on, on decisions and dealing with stuff. It's, um, you know, being comfortable, you know, not being right all the time, you know, you got to be able to kind of understand all sides. And that's, um, you know, that's tough, but that's something you got to learn and, and go to. And so uh, um, I think by being a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit uh, not so proactive and going after it, maybe being a little more set back, listen to everything um, allows you to kind of take it all in um, be able to make an educated decision because at the end of the day, um, you want to be able to stick by your decision um, and and have your word mean something. So it's it's very important to continue to grow, surround yourself with the right people, and and not be afraid to to ask questions and and figure out you know. And like last year, I was, had that support new AD. Um, I failed a couple times last year. My first football game, I forgot to hire refs. Um, so we, that was trial by fire, but you figure it out. And, uh, we, we, uh, we learned from there. I'll never make that mistake again. Um, but that you don't know until you fail it and then you just never make it again. So being okay with that and understanding, um, but then just find that support because this it's out there and you ask the right people and, and, and they'll, they'll bounce things off you and, um, they'll help you out. Yeah. I, I, I did the ref thing, but not in the middle school when I first got started, but my first year as a high school AD. Uh, the problem was is varsity and uh, JV officials came from two different organizations. Um, and nobody told me that. So I put all my games into the, uh, the, the high school league, which dealt with all the varsity ones. Um, and, but, and so I was like, okay, we're good. This is a varsity scrimmage. Well, the high school league officials don't do scrimmages. It's the JV ones. So they could get more practices again, because it's usually your, your newer officials. Nobody told me I had to put the varsity scrimmage into the JV one. So we show up for a varsity scrimmage and there's no officials, and, you know? And so, uh, yeah, you don't, know, uh, you don't know until you know. So yeah. it's one of those things. 
Um, but yeah, I, like we've talked about, definitely go out to uh, any type of thing that's around that's offered for athletic directors. Um, you know, Trey and I actually met in person at the section three uh, meeting, um, was able to sit next to each other and just kind of talk with each other at a Braves game and, and have a good time. And uh, again, we may have never uh, crossed paths that way uh, if, if we didn't decide to, to go to those different things. So I know, you know, every state has their, their conference, their state conference, the NIAAA obviously has their national conference, but then you also have an opportunity to go to the, the, the different sections of the NIAAA that have theirs usually towards the end of the school year. Um, but, you know, definitely looking up uh, ways to, to just go out and network and, um, you know, see, see different things and, uh, like I said, our Section 3 meeting is totally different than the, the national right conference, right? National conference, all about PD, all about things like that. Section 3 is more, a little bit, maybe a little bit more business, but, you know, you get to hear from the NIAAA a little bit in a more intimate setting. Uh, you get to hear about what the other states that are around you are doing. Um, and so it's, it's, it's another great opportunity uh, to get involved, to, uh, to network. Again, I think a lot of the biggest part of our job is networking. Um, because, you know, we, a lot of us probably are not where we are today if we, if we didn't know somebody. Um, so, you know, make, making sure that you have any opportunity like that, uh, to get out there and, and, and network. So, uh, Trey, I, I appreciate you jumping on with us and, you know, we'll, we'll tag you on social media, but, uh, if you want to kind of, uh, tell people how they can get, uh, directly in contact with you, um, if they want to pick your brain any. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Coach G uh, underscore SAS. Um, also on LinkedIn. Um, uh, my email is gross, G-R-O-S-S-T at SASLions.com. That's my school email. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, but looking to connect or, or willing to connect and uh, I can't claim I know it all, but I'm definitely willing to help out any way I can because it's, you know, as being an AD and in this industry, it's we got to help each other out. So willing to do that. And uh, again, I'm I'm truly grateful that you had me on this podcast and uh, appreciate it. Yeah. And if 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 anyone listening, uh, please come visit us in, in Orlando Sunday night. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll get more information out. You definitely can find more information at the uh, Vital Signs booth at NADC. Um on the, the meet the podcasters that's happening Sunday night. Again, I'll definitely be there. Uh, you know, who, who knows? Trey may pop in there so you can, you can see Trey. So you, that's you, right. You tell me when I'll swing by. I'll yeah. be there. So you can see a lot of guests that we've already had. Make sure you, you stop by and see us. Um, again, you can get more information about the exact time that it's going to be seven thirty eight o'clock. Um, don't really know the room yet. We might not know the room number until we get down there. Um, but make sure you stop by the Vital Signs booth and get all the information uh, on on Sunday night and stop by and see us and Ben. Uh, and who knows, you stop by and see us, you may you may end up on the podcast as well. So, um, and again, it's not just the middle school AD podcast that's going to be you know meeting you know meet the podcaster. It's um, every podcast that is uh, sponsored by Vital Signs. So that's this one, that's the AD podcast, uh, the educational AD, the Paradox, and Beyond the Bench. I believe are the the, the ones that'll be there. So a lot of great uh, networking opportunities and um, with some great uh, athletic director uh, leaders um, within the nation. So um, again, Trey, I appreciate you jumping on with us and um, to everybody else. I hope you're able to get better today and we'll see you next time. At the wall of fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments and top role models. 
we understand that the true value of our wall of fame is in your content. Whether you are starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. For more information about the Wall of Fame and a 5% discount, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com backslash ready.